message because this is a message about love. And we'll be looking at love all month long. All the guys say, yay. <laughs> but February is the month of love, but uh, for the church, uh, we love all the time, right? So we're going to be looking at what love is. Love is a huge and complicated topic. In this series, we're going to be clarifying what love means in, uh, in areas of our life, and today is one of the most important, it's our love toward God. And our series text is, uh, is uh, 1 Corinthians 13, talking about love. It says, love, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Now, many people don't understand that kind of love, and this is the kind of love we're going to talk about today. Because when you read that, you, you automatically think, okay, you don't know the love I've experienced. So we're going to look at that kind of love today. That kind of love is God's love, and his love does not fail. And we want to fall in love with him. We want to give him our love back. So the message today is titled, I Love God. I love God. And we're going to be looking at four questions. We're going to be looking at the answer to these four questions. And the first one is, what is love? Get a little basic foundation of love. How can I know if I love God? So important because many people sitting in churches today like God, but not sure if they love God. So what does it mean to love God? We've got to have that answer because the next question, can I go to heaven without love for God? Mm, we'll look at that one. And then how can I grow in my love for God? So we're going to look at these four questions. But let's pray. Father, thank you so much today that you do love us and your love is felt in this room. And we believe in your already touching lives. Now, Lord, we want you to touch us, do a work in us, speak to us. Church, would you pray this with me? Lord, speak to my heart, change my life, in Jesus' name, amen. Would you do me one more favor, and let's welcome everybody watching online, all that we'll watch later on, we welcome you. What is love? Love, love can be so confusing. As the artist says, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. <laughs> so it's confusing. Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, gives nine definitions of love. So can you imagine being an alien landing on earth and hearing people talk about love? <laughs> the top two definitions of love is a strong affection, or a warm attachment. <laughs> it could go either way. <laughs> a strong affection. We use uh, love to describe that strong affection to someone. And something like this. I swim the deepest ocean for you. I love you. Strong affection. But then that same word is used for, for um, a warm attachment. I love pizza. See how confusing that can be? <laughs> 
to help us to better understand love, we're going to look at different kinds of, of love. And there's disagreements even on how many different kinds of love there are, but I see four that are most common. And if you have notes, they're there. If you have our app, uh, you can pull it up there. The first one is philia, philia love. And that's where the city of Philadelphia gets part of their name, the city of brotherly love. Philia is friendship love. It is friendship love. Uh, the second type of love is eros, and that's romantic love. This is the love for the opposite sex. It's an eros love from the word erotic. It's passionate love. It's romantic love. Number three, storhe. Number three is storhe, or storje, I believe. I'm not sure exactly, but it's parental love. It's familial love. It's the love that a parent has for their children. So it's that kind of a connection. It is a, a deep love. But the greatest love of all is number four, and that's agape love. Agape love, and that's godly love. That's unconditional love. But the songs that we sang, we sang about how the love of God, the, that's unconditional. That's the highest form of love. Agape love. And this is the love that I'm going to be referring to mostly this morning, that all love comes from God because the scripture says, 1 John 4, 8, God is love. So now not love for the world, that kind of love, no. But love, all these forms that I talked about, come from God. And the good news is that God has agape love for us, and God wants to give us agape love for him. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. talks about agape love. I've used this so many times in weddings. And love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Sometimes we don't operate in a godly love, do we? Agape love. Wives, don't you elbow your husbands right now. <laughs> it does not seek its own. It's not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, now this is our opening text, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Agape love never fails. And this is the kind of love that God has for us. And this is the kind of love that, love that we're capable of having for God and having in our lives for our spouses and our families and our friends and even our enemies. We need that kind of love. We're not capable of that kind of love, right? But we have that in God, in Christ. So before we look at uh, what it means to love God, let's, let's get that big question out of the way. Can I go to heaven without love for God? Can I go to heaven without love for God? How many of you think I can go to heaven without love for God? Would you raise your hand? Wait, now, now the scripture says, let me give us a little bit more context. The scripture says that we are saved by grace through faith. 
So can I go to heaven without love for God? Anybody would dare to raise their hand? Now, to go to heaven, all we got to do is, I hear this kind of language all the time, all we got to do is believe. Can I go to heaven without love for God? Anyone? Any takers? How many of you just, I don't know, would you raise your hand? I'm just not sure. Because, Pastor, you're confusing me a little bit here. <laughs> Let's look at just a couple of things. Love requires action. Love requires commitment. Love requires devotion. You can say I love you, but you got to show it somewhere, right? So the answer is faith in God. Hear me now. Faith in God is what's required to receive Christ. The scripture says we are saved by grace through faith. So faith is required to believe in God. Love is required to keep believing in God. Faith in God comes before love for God, but love for God is required to keep faith in God. I'm going to say it one more time. Faith in God comes from before love for God, but love for God is required to keep faith in God. So the thief at the the cross, did he have love for God? He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, we know God loved him, but did he have love for God? And not to make it too confusing, so let me, let me just wrap it up so we don't get into too much of a theological conundrum. <laughs> so when we have faith in God, Christ comes in our heart. How many of us understand that? So when the Spirit of God moves in our heart, that's when love comes. So even the thief on the cross had the seeds of love in his heart for God. Now, I wanted to mention this today, not to confuse anyone, but to, un- to make us understand that we have love for God. It just has to grow. If you have received God in your life, Christ in your life, that means the Spirit of God moved into your heart And with it, he brings agape love. Isn't that so good? That he brings his love. He not only loves us, but he has to give us love for him. He has to do it all. The scripture says all things are by him, through him, and for him. He has to do everything for us. And when he comes into our heart, he gives us love for him. Now, Satan will try to steal that love. But if you are a believer and you are a follower of Christ, you have love for God. And so the good news is that means you have God's love, that kind of agape love for others, your spouse, your children. It's available to you. We just have to walk in that. We just have to allow that kind of love to to grow. So can can you go to heaven without love for God? No, you really can't. But it is by faith that it comes, and as soon as you receive it by faith, you have that kind of love. Amen? So we got that question out of the way. So, so And again, that's an important question because we have to determine, well, do I like God <laughs> or do I really love him? Do I really have the Spirit of God in me? Did I just want a Savior, but I sort of checked out on the Lord part? See, that's what it means when the Holy Spirit moves in. He doesn't just move into your life. 
He brings you a new life. And most of us don't have a problem with Jesus coming into my life as long as I can still have my control. It's, it's okay if I preach a little bit, right? That's, that's why I became at it. Because we like the Savior part. I'd be a fool not to want somebody to forgive me of my sins. But he cannot be just Savior. The Bible says he has to be Savior and Lord. And that's where we prove our love for him when we make him our Lord. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He moves in to take over. Jesus ain't comfortable in your guest room. He's got to have the master suite. Amen? Yeah, he's, got to, he's in charge. And you want him to be for our good. So we want to make sure that we just don't like God. We want to make sure we really love God. And the scripture really teaches us what that looks like. And, and we, we're going to look at that. Five ways that show if you love God. Five ways that show if you love God. You want to know about it? Patty, I could tell she, she knew when I loved her because I would call her long distance. From Florence to Brandon. <laughs> Anybody remember those days? I had to put the one, 601. And I had to tell Mama, I'm going to pay for it. Because she was stroke out about them long distance calls. We, kids don't even understand what we had to go through. But we would get on the phone. Of course, we both live for God. But I mean, we had this Eros love. I love you. And we would say, you say it first. I love you then don't try to hang up. You hang up first. No, I'm not going to hang up. You hang up first. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. Y'all did that, too. Yeah. <laughs> so love shows itself. So this is what we want to see if, if, if we really love God. Let's see what the Bible says that proves that, all right? The first one is this, if you take your notes. It, if you have love for God, it will affect your whole life. Can't keep it secret. You ain't no secret lover. It's going to affect your whole life. In the scriptures it says, um, then one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question, testing him and saying, teacher, what is the great commandment? One translation said greatest commandment in the law. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great, our greatest commandment. The thing that God asks us to do more than anything else is just to fall in love with him. He loves us so much that he wants our love for him. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever loved someone and you really had these feelings, what you thought was love, but they didn't love you back? That can be very tough, right? But God loves you back. He just wants you to fall in love with him. More than anything else, 
So how do we love him with our whole being, our heart, it says, our soul and our mind? This is what that looks like. To love with all our heart is to love God with our devotion and our desires. My heart, I just, I want to spend time. I, I come to church and I want to worship him. My heart is connected with my desires, my devotion to him. To love with all my soul is to love God with my will and my decisions. I understand. I don't make up my own mind. I consider him. I put him first. It's my will to put him first. I want God to have control. I love him, and I know he loves me. To love with all of my mind is to love God with my thoughts and my attitudes. God, is that okay? Did I say something wrong? I'm sorry if I brought a reproach against you in any way because I love you. And you understand, this love is given to me by God. If I foster that, if I let it grow, this is the kind of love we have toward God where we have these kind of desires. Amen? So when we love God, he becomes the center of our life. We put him first. And it's not that we're commanded. It's because we want to. He has our heart. And that's where we want to be. We don't want to serve God under obligation or under fear of going to hell. None of that stuff will keep you. Only love for God will keep you growing in love, living in love, giving love to others. See, I tried that thing where I, I went to church because, first of all, Mama made me. And I, I, I tried to serve God a little bit because I just didn't want to go to hell. I mean, that's a pretty good reason. But it sure didn't keep me loving God. It didn't keep me loving others. It was out of fear that I, that I was doing all the right things. And I couldn't even do those. See, I had no power to do the right things. I had no desire. My mind was on the wrong things, but even though I tried to fight that to do the right things. But when I fell in love with Jesus, everything changed. I didn't have to have a list in my pocket. I didn't have a preacher have to tell me, you better not do that. Because I had the Holy Spirit within me speaking love, speaking direction. And I'm accepting that and giving my love back so my desire changed. And that's where we have to be at. If I was talking to somebody else this morning and they were just going through some hard times and, and she made this statement, if everybody else... Chooses. She even said, Pastor Bobby, quit serving the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. And that's where you have to be, friend. Not because of just what God can do for you, not just because you're fear of, uh, of what will happen if you don't. you got to fall in love with Jesus. And he gives you that love that you can redirect back to him. You have to foster it. You have to let it grow. You have to walk in it. But it is a love for him that you will have the same attitude that if everybody else turns from God, you will not because he has my heart. He has my heart. I'm going to live for him for the rest of my life. Whether he does anything else for me or not, I love him. See, and that's so foreign for us because we just look through the lens of our love we've experienced so far. But this is the highest form of love that the Holy Spirit will give you for God that you will say, I'll go wherever you want me to do. Go, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Because I love you, God. It's wonderful. So, 
It is to love him with our whole being. Another way we show our love for him is this. It will cause you to want a relationship with him, a relationship to be close to him. Man, the more you know him, you'll understand. The more, if I could, I tell God all the time, God, if I could just love you more, I, I mean, know you more, I'll love you more. If I could just know you more, I could serve you more. If I just knew, know you more, know more about you. Now, now that I've grown in my relationship with the Lord for quite a few years, my love for him is stronger today than it was back then. Because the scripture says God is love. To know God is to know love. To know love, that highest form of love is to know God. So it will cause you to want a relationship with him. There is a, a church in the book of Revelation that really had things going right. I mean, it could really be any church. It could really be moved church. Except for this one thing, I don't believe it applies to us. Because Jesus said, I have this one thing against you. You're, he said, you're doing great things. You're doing all of the right things. Let me read it to you. It's the church in um, Ephesus. He said, you're doing all the right things. He said, I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear with those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them to be liars. This church is the truth. They want what's right to the Lord. And you have persevered, look, and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Church, you're doing great. But, he says, nevertheless, I have this against you. And I think one translation does say, I have this one thing against you that you have left your first love. The love that they had at first for the Lord. The reason why they did everything so well, the reason is gone. They got into doing the right things, and the right things is good. But that's not enough to satisfy the Lord. That's religion. And it will not keep us. If I just do what I know to do without a love relationship with the Lord, it will not keep me doing it. I will not last long. That doesn't please the Lord. He said, remember, therefore, where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works or the first actions. The way you used to love me, come back to me. See, the Bible says he's jealous over us. Do we understand that? That God Almighty, who doesn't need anything, will put him himself in a place to be jealous over us? That he craves us, that he, that he longs for us, our affection to him? And that's the only thing we can give him. He said, or else I will come quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. God's not satisfied with us just doing the right things for the, just the sake of doing them. It's got to be because we love him. And when we love him, we'll want to do the right things. Any, any kind of, of, of performing or doing right without a relationship with God is religion. And religion does nothing to reach the world. Even someone that is lost as a goose 
doesn't know anything about God. They can tell if you got love or not. And move, church. Let's make sure we keep our love for God. We're going to do great things. We have, and God is going to, oh, I was just, I was feeling it this morning. I was like, God, this, this church is fitting to break out. I just see it, man. I just see people coming from all over, not because we're anything, but because of his presence being here. And we have love for each other. Thank you for that. Let's never lose it. Should we grow large? Or should we get big? Or should we have to do other things? You know, the larger you get, the more kind of programs, you, you know, the more of a structure you got to have. But I'm telling you, as long as I'm pastor here, it'll all be because of our overflow, because of our love for God. It'll all come in uh, uh, overflow. It'll be overflow because of our love for God. Amen? Man, my eyes are leaking. Love for God. And let's try this to us personally, not just as a church. How is my love for God? Am I, am I, see the thing about it is the closer you get to God, this is our year to come close to the Lord. And the closer you get to the Lord, you'll never be the same. And the problem with getting close to the Lord, it creates, this is not a great word for it, but it creates sort of an addiction. That you want to be closer to him and closer to him and closer to him. And you can't be satisfied without being close to him. Another way that shows us our love for God is it will affect the way you act. Mm -mm -mm. One place Jesus said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They were saying the right things, but there was no proof. He said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, keeping commandments don't just prove, I believe that's, again, a consequence of our love for God. I want to keep his commandments. See, there's nothing that I can tell you that I would want in my life that would bring hurt to Patty. There's nothing. There's nobody. As a matter of fact, I will defend her. I'm not trying to earn brownie points, okay? But I will defend her with my life. If you come in my house to try to hurt her, I hope you're ready to meet Jesus. Because if I can get to my pistol fast enough, you done with. And I think, I hope you would say the same thing. Nothing I would want to do to hurt her. We have to be the same way with the Lord. When we really love him, there's nothing we want to do to offend him. There's many times I'll say things, you know, sometimes I, I am guilty of diarrhea of the mouth. Does anybody else out there have that? And I'll just, I'll, and I cut up a lot. I do. I just shoot the breeze. You know what I'm talking about. And, but then I'll think later on, Lord, did I say something that I shouldn't have? I'm sorry. I don't want to offend you. I don't want anything that I said bring a reproach against you. I'm sorry if I did. You've got to have that kind of love for the Lord. And you will if you operate. You have it if you will let it foster and let it grow in your life. 1 John 5, 3 says, For this is love for God, that we keep his commandments. 
and his commandments are not burdensome. They are for our good. He gives us commandments because he loves us. If we ignore his commandments, it means that we love ourselves more than we love him. I'll say that again. If we ignore his commandments, it means we love ourselves, what we're doing, more than we have love for him. I know that's hard to swallow, but that's, this is what the church and the preaching is about of God's word. Romans says this, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Another translation says, hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Now, we don't hate the person that's evil. We hate the evil that's causing them to act that way. We hate the evil that would cause us to walk away from the Lord. Anything that would come between me and my Lord, I hate. Now, I've shared this with you before. It's been a while. And thankfully, I haven't seen any Victoria's Secret commercials lately. But I hate them. My flesh would love that. It would love to look at that. Come on, man. But because I love God, I hate it because what it would do in my relationship with my wife, first of all, relationship with God, and my relationship with my wife. So I hate it. And this is what it means to love God. We hate that is evil. Because it will try to hurt our relationship with our God. Okay, we got the toughest one out of the way now. Come on, let's go to number four. Okay, everybody just breathe. Okay. <laughs> All the oxygen just got sucked out of the room just a moment ago. <laughs> number four. It will cause you, this is, love for God will cause you to put him before everything else. <clears throat> everything, God, comes second place. You're the, you're the boss. You're the one I love. You're the one I want to please. We put him first and love for him. Hear me. You won't have to worry about your marriage. You don't have to worry about your kids. God's going to cover them. You just got to put them. You don't have to worry about your finances. When you put them first in your finances. It says in Luke 16, Jesus said, No servant can, can serve two masters. Masters, that's a unique word for him to use. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Then he says this, You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon. Mammon is material wealth. Material riches. Did you know that's probably the thing that hinders most people the most, that hinders their love, is their love for the material riches. The, the things of the world is another way to say that. that. That's constantly vying for you to put it before God. Put it first. You understand this is the reason why it's so hard for many people to tithe because they just, I can't afford not to, but really, I've, I've taught you this, the tithe doesn't even belong to us. It's devoted unto the Lord. I won't touch it. I cannot touch it. I, won't, I love God. I give him what belongs to him. 
And even the offerings, if God says, I want you to give this, I give this because I put him before material riches. So important. And you say, well, Pastor, I just can't. I just can't. You've got to check up your love for God because when you love him first, everything else lines up. And I'm telling you, when you become the giver, obedient to what he's told us to do, it sure will cure you of material uh, love. It says here, look at 1 Timothy. For the love of money is the root, the love of money, not money, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now that's pretty sad, isn't it? That pierced themselves and, um, and, and with many sorrows. And, and, but look, they've strayed from the faith. What can be worse than that? Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? not worth it is it then number five it will give you a love for others and we're going to be talking about that a little later on so let me recap we'll skip that verse let me recap it will when we really love god it will affect our whole being heart soul mind it will cause you to desire a relationship with god and it will affect the way you act it will cause you to put him before anything else and it will give you a love for God. So how do we grow? I want to get to this in closing, okay? How do we grow? We're going to take communion in just a moment. How do we grow in our love? First of all, we can grow in our knowledge of his love for us. One of the, the, the greatest life-changing things that you can do as a Christian is to grow in your understanding of, your love, of God's love for you. That he loves you he loves you just get do a bible study on the scriptures that say google uh love god god's love for me and just begin reading over those verses get them in your spirit and when you understand how much god loves you you will automatically want to love him back romans says this what shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Yet in all, verse 30, skipping down to verse 37, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor any other created, I'm skipping now, nor angels, or principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. The only thing that can separate us from his love is we ourselves and when we don't receive it. So when you understand how much God loves you, it will give you a love for him. You will want to love him back. And the second thing we can do to grow our love is we have to grow in thankfulness for all that he's done for us. Thankfulness. When we begin to understand the things that God has done for us, it will cause us 
to love him more. I think about me running from the Lord, my whole teenage life running from the Lord. I mean, knowing the truth and running from it. And he still came after me. He still showed love to me. And I rejected his love by my actions. I didn't want to have anything to do with church. Didn't want to have anything to do with God. I was going to make my own way. Anybody else out there that had that kind of testimony? And everywhere I looked, he showed up. In the bar, he showed up speaking to me like I was in church. And I realized I can get away from his love. He's coming after me. And then it was through his spirit that I even had this thought. What would happen if I quit running from him and started running to him? And that's when my life forever changed. But when I think about all that he did for me, I'm so grateful that he didn't say, just go then. He came after me. And he's coming after you. If you're running from him, I'm here to tell you today. I don't have to tell you. You already know. He's coming after you. Would you stand, please? It'll help me to get through. Thank you, Jesus. I want somebody to thank the Lord for what he's done for them. Man. Some of us, we shouldn't even be sitting in these chairs. Man, for us to even be taking in oxygen is the grace of God. I can't tell you how many times I drove home drunk. tell you you got your story don't you and God kept me my mom always told me son you go to jail you're gonna stay in jail that's love parents we're gonna talk about parental love that's love I knew I couldn't call my mom if I went to jail and so many times I, I have uh, we had a party busted one time and cops everywhere pouring our liquor out kegs out we all underage, as far as I knew. I was lined up against the hotel with everybody else, probably 50 of us. And I was already looking around the corner finna make a run for it. <laughs> Wasn't that stupid? Because can you imagine me running from the cops? <laughs> but I knew I couldn't go to jail. So I was already. And then to my amazement, the cops, after they poured our liquor out, said, Y'all drive home. I was like, what? What did you just say? <coughs> drive home. Just the goodness of God. Give thanks. Look at this. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. You've done too much for me, Lord God, for me not to love you back. And not for me to grow your love in my life. And the last one is this. <clears throat> oh, let me give you that other verse. That's so good. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol or the depths of the grave. Or one, one would say that, that hell's holding room. <laughs> Anybody was there? Hell's holding room. You were just waiting to be judged. But he delivered me. He came after me. Oh, aren't you thankful that he's a good God and he's a gracious God? Then the last one is this. How do we grow in our obedience to his commands? Now, Pastor, we was doing pretty good till you got to that one. 
obedience. Miss Anita, would you come on in just a moment? I'll get you to help me. That we must realize that God's commands are for our benefit. Because he loves us that he restrains us. It's because he loves us that he gives us his commands. And all of his commands are for our good. Did you know that the Ten Commandments are all wrapped up in our love for God and love for others? That first and second commandment, that if we get the greatest commandment, which is to love God with everything, and if we love others, like we, and that's the second commandment, the greatest commandment, it, 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 it helps us to fulfill all the ten. We won't break any of those. As a matter of fact, all the law is based on our love for God and his love in our life for others and for ourselves. It's because he loves us. Kids, listen to me, please. Your mom and dad, the things they tell you not to do is because they love you. They love, it don't make sense to you. Well, let me think about it if you would. I know I got to hurry. Will you give me just a few more moments? We're going to have a good time taking communion together. This is what we call the pack pack at my house. This is what we put on our little old boxer. I know you think you got the smartest dog in the world, but you're wrong. <laughs> my dog is the smartest and the, the greatest dog there is. So she don't really like this. As my, I stand like this, and she'll have to put her head. She knows to do that. She'll put her head between my legs, and I got to strap this on. Every now and then, we'll go out in the field now. We have a little land. I'll take her out without this on. But I tell her, you stay by me. You stay by me. It's so hard for her to stay by me. She knows she's got to, but she can get a one-second sniff over there and a couple seconds. And the other day, before I knew it, she was up in a little shed, sniffing around in there. And... um. And I got on to her. She came right to me, right beside me. And I said, okay, we're going inside now since you ain't going to obey. She knows next time she's going to have to have the pat pack. <laughs> Why? She doesn't like this. She wants to be like the country dog she sees roaming up and down the road. <laughs> Why does she have to have a pat pack? Because we love her. There's some things out in them woods that make a strong dog die from fright. Does anybody know that song? <laughs> them the woolly swamps out there. There's some things she ain't equipped equipped for. She thinks she is. She thinks she's a big country dog. She ain't. She don't know what it is to have dirt on her hardly. We restrain her because he loves her. There's something right now that you're bucking God about. But God, why? You don't understand it. God loves you. That's what you got to know. But God, why don't you let this happen? Why don't you make... God is not going to withhold anything that's good for you from you. He's got a reason for it. He loves you. When you don't know the answer, you got to trust that God loves you. It ain't going to make sense. It seems like God, if he did love me, he would do it this way. You ain't God. He's got perfect love for you. 
and you don't understand it, you just fall in love with him, and you won't worry about it. It all works for your good. That word earlier, it's going to turn for your good. So when God says, come here, I put the pat pack on you. <laughs> just go to him. Follow him. His commandments is for our good. Amen? And as I, as I walk in that, now years that I've walked in that, you begin to see that more and more. And it just makes you want to love him more. God, thank you. What, what seemed not to be fair back then, it was you loving me. You kept me from that. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to obey you, God. I want your way more than I want my way. There's an old song that I thought about that was just, we sang it early on in church. Many of y'all won't know this song. Many of you will. And the song is titled, I Keep Falling in Love with Him. I Keep Falling in Love with Him. The verse goes, When I first fell in love with Jesus and gave Him all my heart, I thought I couldn't love him more than I did right at the start. But now I look over the mountains and the places where we've been, and he makes me know I love him so much more than I did then. And then it's the chorus. Miss Anita, would you sing that? Listen to this chorus. I keep falling you know in it, love with him over and over. Never heard that song. Would you raise your hand? Guess what? It's going to get stuck in your mind now. It's going to be the song that never ends. And I pray it does. Never ends. You're going to be singing that song and it's going to make you think of God's love for you. Let me read the second verse. It says, There's a hand that I hold on to through each valley and each trial. There's a shoulder that I lean upon as I face another mile. There's a love that I can depend on. It's fresh and new each day. And with love, my heart is overflowing. And that is why I say, can we sing that again? I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over. hope that mic was off when I was singing that. 
take communion together. But first, let's fall in love with Jesus. Would you bow your head? He loves you so much. The Bible says that a sparrow does not fall to the ground unless the Father knows. He said he loves you so much that the hairs of your head are all numbered. He knows you, but yet he loves you. Do you hear me? He knows you, but yet he loves you. And he just wants you to love him back. It starts with you giving your heart to him. It starts with you making him the Lord of your life, receiving him by faith. We're going to do that. If, you're, if, you're, if you've known the Lord, but yet you're sinning, you have sin life you understand it's taking your love from him it's hurting him the bible says do not grieve the holy spirit it grieves him when we sin it hurts our relationship with god it's time let's let's ask him to forgive us and the bible says he demonstrated his own love for us for us in this while we were still sinners christ died for us let's church let's pray it together this is a prayer that says, God, forgive me, and I give you my heart. This is what it says. And we can give you the words, but you give God your heart. And his spirit will move in, and he'll begin to plant those seeds of love. He'll show you how much he loves you, and he will help you to love him back. If you need that today, would you raise your hand? I need that, Pastor. I need it. Raise your hand real high. There's no shame. Thank you, Lord. We need that today. Let's pray it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin I'm a sinner I need a savior would you forgive me for all my sins would you come into my heart would you change my life and Lord help me to fall in love with you in Jesus name Amen. What a great time to take communion. This is what communion is about. God loves me, and I love him back. I identify what he did for me on that cross. It was for me. It was his love for me. He gave his body for healing. The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. He, he purchased our healing, not just our salvation. Or not just being saved, but salvation. That means wholeness. He wants to heal not just your body. He wants to heal your hurt. He wants to heal that emotional hurt, those scars that you have from the past. He wants you whole. There's nothing in your life, you hear me, that he won't undone. And that's the reason why he took those blows in his body, those stripes on his back. That's what we believe for. We thank him for it, and we believe for healing completely, body, soul, and mind. And Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us, Jesus. We will not forget your benefits. You healed all of our sickness and disease. We thank you for that. You make us whole, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Let's take the bread together. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us. So glad 
that his blood is not enough just for my sins I've, I've already gave to him. It's enough for the sins I will commit. Even at my best day, I'm going to miss it sometime. But you will too. Not that it's in my heart. I love God. But even going after God, we're going to mess up sometimes. We're going to say some stupid things sometimes. We're going to do something that we knew not to do. And that's when, because of his love for us, we can say, now, Lord, forgive me for that. And I thank you for that. I believe you have. I think many of us did that today. Let's thank him once again for forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood is enough. That you've cleansed us by your blood. You've forgiven us. Come on, if there's someone that has not asked the Lord to forgive them, do it now, okay? Bow your head, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. You've got to receive forgiveness now. It's by faith. I receive it. I know you love me, and I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take it together. Can we worship him one more time with that chorus? Would you sing that? Come on, you could clap too, but let's sing that one more time. And sing it out loud and just thanksgiving to the Lord. And let's worship him. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I just keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. Amen. Amen. Let me pray a couple of prayers for you. The first one is a blessing over your tithing your offering this is the first sunday of the month and we devote that to the lord so would you bow your head lord we thank you that you've blessed us in so many different ways and lord we give back to you what belongs to you your tithe and lord put offerings on our heart what you would have us to give we'll be obedient to that and i thank you lord that you bless the giver you give seed to the sower increase that seed in Jesus' name, amen, amen. And now let me bless you off with a blessing. Raise your hand. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious toward you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.